Welcome to the Vision Church Podcast. We are so excited to have you with us. We hope this message will encourage and inspire you to walk out your God-given vision. Now here's today's message. Well, this past week, last week, um, I do have a part-time job Monday through Thursday, Friday, and so I was talking to some of my, my, my co-workers. We're sitting around talking one day, and she posed this question. She said, do you think we could really know God? Not just know about Him, of what, what preachers tell us about Him, but can we really know who God is? Well, in my lightning-fast mind, I started recollecting and started going over my mind. And, and, and I likened my knowing to God, my knowing of God, to my knowing of my husband. And I said, well, you know what? I know my husband. I know his likes and his dislikes. I know his passions. I know his goals. I know his dreams. I know his shortcomings. And, and I even know his disappointments. But come on, ladies. There's still times in my life that I go, who are you? What have you done with my husband? He still surprises me. There's still things about him that I'll, I, I'm learning more and more about. Him. We've been married 26 years, going on 27, going on forever. But there's still times when I'm just like, I know him, but what was that? You know, you know why? Because he's growing. He's more than the eye can see. There's more to him. He has more potential than he even realizes. And that, that's, I'm so glad I'm not the same person I used to be. I'm growing and changing. Lord knows my hair is growing and changing all the time. At least he's seen it through the last 10 years. But my point is, we all are growing and changing. That's why it's so vitally important, the people that we hang around. Because the people we hang around can grow us towards God or can hinder us away from God. Can grow us into the people God wants us to be or slow us down in our walk with God. Here's a nice little insert infomercial. Church is better in person. The people that we're surrounding ourselves with, they're encouraging us. And we're encouraging them. We shouldn't come to church to find God. However, a lot of people do. Thank God he's here. But church is designed to be a place of, of encouragement. And we lift up one another. You lift me up. I lift you up. We're surrounded by people of faith. Our faith is increased and our faith is built because I see the faith in you. I see and hear what you've gone through this past week. And man, if God did that for you, I know he'll do it for me. I've been praying for you about a situation and you give me the testimony of what God's done and that just increases my faith. So that's why we come to church. We come to church to be encouraged and to encourage others, to lift up and to be lifted up. Our growth, we grow in faith because we're surrounded by faithfulness. So it's so important that you come to church to be around the kind of people that God wants you to be around. I liken people who go to churches like trees. I'm still on the whole church is better in person point. In Psalms chapter 1, verse 3, you don't have to turn here, but it says, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither. Remember that word. We're going to say it again later. And they prosper in everything they do. Why? Because we're planted God has planted you in this house, in this church, 
to not just sit there and look pretty, but to do something, to grow, to bear fruit, not just for you, but for those around you. And a companion scripture is found in Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 12. I love this. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fall. And there will always be fruit on their branches. There will be a new crop every month. We're not just talking, are you in season? Or, you know, I'm going through a dry spell. It doesn't say a dry spell in here at all because we're planted by the river and we're constantly bearing fruit. There will be a new crop every month for there to be watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be the food and the leaves for healing. So when you come to church, you're fed, you're whole, you've received healing. Here's something. When you came in, you're, here's just a little disclaimer. You're not going to leave the same, the same way you came. That's not what we're here for. We are here for an encounter with God, for a life-changing time in God, right here, surrounded by fellow believers. Now, you may be sitting here going, well, you know what? I'm not as close to God as I want to be. Hold on, baby. We're going to give you an opportunity because it all starts with an introduction. And we're here to introduce you to everything God has for you. But now, who is God? What are some of the God characteristics? So we just talked about how important church is, right? Coming to church, being surrounded by the right kind of people. A person without church is like a bee without a hive. And so the picture that we get in our brain about a, a beehive, everybody's got a job to do. Nobody's sitting around going, oh, they can do it. Or I'm not a good enough bee to make honey. Or, well, I've made a mistake. I went to the wrong kind of flower and that last week and I didn't produce enough this week. You don't see any of that going on in a beehive. Everybody is busy doing the work of the beehive, right? Producing the, the, good, the good nectar, the, the, good, the good honey. So don't be a bee without a hive. It's easy to lose interest in a church in what you have no interest in. So get connected. Get connected. See myself, see, see Becca. Talk to Pastor Phil and say, you know what? I don't know what I can do, but help me do something. You want to grow in God? Then get connected in the local church because through serving, you'll be bearing fruit in season, every season, not just to feed you, but to feed those around you. The characteristics of God, that was the little, little church infomercial. Now back to our scheduling, uh, scheduled program here. Some characteristics of God, we're just going to go through them real quick. Don't turn to these scriptures. You, you can write them down, do more research later for those of you who like to do note-taking. Number one, God is eternal. God has no beginning or end. Psalms 90 verse 2 says, For the mountains were brought forth, or ever you have formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. God is eternal. He has no beginning. He has no end. It's hard for us to wrap our brain around it, but point number two. God is faithful. God is faithful and unchanging in his promises and his words. Malachi 3.6. 
Malachi 3.6 says, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. So basically, God does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is faithful. Number three, God is justice. God's justice is perfectly fair when measured on an eternal scale. See, remember, he is not regulated to this system. In his system, he is perfectly justice. Nahum 1.3 says, The Lord is slow to anger and great in power, and the Lord will by no means clear the guilty. His way is in whirlwind and storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. God is slow to anger and great in mercy. Thank God for mercy. If we were people who got what we deserved, that's not my message today. We'll leave that for Pastor Phil next week. Thank God he is justice. I love this one. God is love. God is love. Love is wanting the very best for another person, even at our own expense. John 3, 16, we can all say it by heart, hopefully. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now, that eternal life is for everyone, regardless if it's heaven or hell. We decide where we spend eternal life, where we, just spend, where we, where we spend eternity. Because you know what? Even in hell, you don't die. That's part of the torture. In the, on this earth, that's why suicide is prevalent because they're hurting so bad, they're broken. They want to be out of the pain. So what do they do? They kill themselves. They die. They end the pain on this earth. In hell, you cannot. There's no getting away from that. But we're not talking about that today. We're talking about eternal life. So choose life today. God set before you life and death. Choose life. Number five, God is omniscient. That's a big word, omniscient. He knows our thoughts before we think them. Psalms 139, verses 1 through 4, for those of you who are taking notes, but I'm going to focus on verse number 2. Psalm 139, for I know when I sit down, uh, you know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. Oh, but I didn't say it. Well, in the New Testament, God says if you even think it. So, God, we are a repentant people today. Number seven, or number six, God is omnipotent. Uh, um, I, when I say it, when I read it, one, it says one way, but when I say it, it's, what is it? Omnipotent. That's right. Thank you. There is nothing too hard for God. This is the God I'm talking about. When Zach was about four years old, I was putting him to bed one night, and he's like, Mom, can God make a rock so big that even he can't lift it? And I said, well, that's a question for your dad. Once again, I, once again, I skirted that, but you know what? It says in Hebrew, wait, uh, in Jeremiah 32, 7, Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. There's our answer. Nothing is too hard for you. Number seven, he's omnipresent. 
There is no place that is apart from God's presence. God is everywhere, not in everything. That's pantheism. God's not, we can't worship the chair because God's in that chair. No, God's in you. God's in every, God is everywhere. 1 Kings 8, 27. But will God indeed dwell on earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heavens cannot contain you. How much less this house I have built. This house cannot contain God. My house right here cannot contain the fullness of God. That's why he's given us life more abundant to give out. It should be dripping off of you. How much God do you have? Do you have a Sunday amount of God? Or do you have an overabundance of God? That's what he wants. Uh, number eight, righteous. God is righteous. God is sinless, holy, and perfect. He has no sin nature and never violates his own scripture, which is his word. Deuteronomy 32, chapter, uh, verse 4. The rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are justice, a God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is he. Am I building my case on God pretty good? His word is who he is. God's characteristics. Two more and then we'll move on. Number nine, God is sovereign. We hear this a lot. Well, God is sovereign. So why even? Why even? No, 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 no. God connects. This is the kind of God we're talking about. Yes, he is sovereign. Listen to this. He is completely independent and can make decisions without anyone else's agreement or consent. That's what sovereign means. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 13 and 14 says, Who has measured the spirit of the Lord, or what man shows him counsel? Do you know that there's accounts in the word that, that man has stood between God and humanity and has changed God's mind because God listens to his people. That's why we need to pray. That's why we can ask God for, for anything. Okay, God, I'm praying according to your plan, your will, and God will listen and God will do his word. And then lastly, number 10, God is truth. He is ultimately correct in every situation. Numbers 23, verse 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. He, has he said it and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? That's a pretty strong case. For the character of God. Now we know that. Everybody's sitting here going, yeah, okay, I know that. That's book knowledge. That's book knowledge. You can read about God. You can get in your word. You, you can just read about him and know what he, what he has done, what he, what he is doing, what he can do. But if we just stick with book knowledge, that's called the letter of the law equals religion. There's churches all over the, this town who knows what God can do, but what are they doing for God? Well, God wants us to turn that book knowledge into heart knowledge. And the difference is heart knowledge equals relationship. God wants to have relationship with you and I. He doesn't want to just be a sugar daddy up in heaven whenever, you know, we need something, whenever we're, 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 we're breaking or we're, we, need, we need a miracle. God isn't bound to his miracles. God is bound to his promises. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. So 
in my studying about this, and when my husband asked me uh, to speak last Monday, to, to speak today, God was already putting this around in my spirit. So it was easy for me to say, okay, I can do that. Because the question was already posed to me. I couldn't shake it. It was in my spirit all week long. And so I had already started jotting some, some thoughts down about knowing God. Who is God? Can we, how, I mean, I know I know God, but it's a lifelong journey in knowing God. It's a lifelong journey in knowing my husband. Well, he reminded me, God reminded me of a book that I, that I really, really like. I highly recommend it. It's called To Know Him. And those who like to read or just re reference, this is a great, great book to have in your library, To Know Him by Gloria Copeland. And I did a book study on this in our neighborhood back in Louisville, Kentucky, and our home was full of uh, about 30 women of, of all backgrounds, Catholic, Episcopalian, Pentecostal, Baptist, Methodist, nothings, you know, just no religion. They just, but they, but they wanted to belong, and we had a really good group of friends back there. And so women really found out who God was just even reading this book. So I recommend you, I recommend this book for your library. But one thing that Gloria Copeland talks about in her book, To Know Him, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read what she says. If you want to know God, you will have to spend time with him. Knowing him requires a lifestyle of talking to him and communing with him. That's called living contact. It's listening to him and obeying what you hear in your heart and what you see in the written word. Learning to live in the place where God can talk to you at any moment and you hear and obey is the secret to living and overcoming life. Do you know that you and I, there's no difference between you and I. There's no difference between you and the Apostle Paul. There's no difference between you and the disciples. There's no difference. We all have to spend time with God in order to get to know him. Wives, we've got to spend time with our husbands to get to know them. Our kids, even though we bore our children and they're here on the planet, we still have to spend time with our children to know them. Because we're all uniquely created. We're all independent of, of one another, yet beautifully dependent on each other. That's the way God, God made it. So don't you think God wants to spend time with us? We need to spend time with God so that we can get to know who God is. God wants us to come to him. That was the very, the very plan in the very beginning of, of time, the Garden of Eden. God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. I'm getting on here. God made Adam and Eve in the garden. And he said, I want to come and I want to walk with you and talk with you in the cool of the evening. Well, he did until man made a mistake, messed it up, get frustrated sometimes. I'm like, man, why did he? But if it wasn't Adam, it would have been somebody else. I don't know. It's just human. It's who we are. One time, I'm just telling on Zach all day long here. But one time when Zach was a little guy, he hardly ever got sick, but when he did, it was kind of controlled, and he took care of it. He always made it to the, to the bathroom in time, and he's just up chucking his heels into the toilet, you know, and he's like, and in between, he's like, I'm so mad at Adam, and I'm like, okay, honey, you know, and he goes, if he wouldn't have sinned, we wouldn't have been sick, you know, and it's just, it was just the cutest thing, but, but that's exactly what happened. 
that's when the sickness came in, the brokenness came in. And then, in, then, then fast forward a couple hundred years, God wanted to come back down and, and be one with his people. And then they built the tabernacle because the people were like, well, Moses, you talk to him. He's a little heavy for us. So put him in a tabernacle, put him behind a veil, and you talk to him, and then you come tell us what he's saying. So there was still a disconnect there. God wanted a face-to-face, baby. He wanted to talk to us, but we put a man in between God and us. Well, then fast forward a couple more hundred years, more than that, and then we've got the New Testament when Jesus came. Jesus came, and God said, now's my opportunity to be face-to-face with my kids. Dads, how would you like it if your kids had a veil between you? There was something there that you just couldn't break. And I know there's parents in this room today that are dealing with that. They're dealing with the veil between you and your kids. Well, I'm here to tell you today that I'm standing in agreement with you. We all are. We are attacking the enemy. We're attacking that veil between you and your, ch- your children. Because Jesus came and he broke the veil. He abolished the veil. He said, no more. I want a personal relationship with my children. And that's exactly what we're praying for you over your children today. We've been attacking this in the spirit in our prayer group, praying for adult children specifically, not just rearing children, but adult children, that there's a veil there. So moms and dads, we're agreeing with you for great things. So give us the testimony when the doors start flying open and the opportunities to minister to your kids come. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 says, Come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. God wants us to come boldly to him. God wants relationship. James 4, 8 says, Draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. Doesn't that sound like relationship? That God's wooing us to come know him. He said, said, I'm not behind a veil. I want to be right there at your kitchen table. Can you imagine waking up in the morning, Jesus sitting at your kitchen table? Come here, Phil, real quick. Jesus sitting at your kitchen table, and you're like, I can't believe it. I've been praying for Jesus to just make himself real to me, and here he is. He's right here in front of me. Oh, Jesus, I wish I had time. I'd have gotten up earlier to spend time, but you know what? I really got to go to work now, so you stay here. I got to go to work. You can read some of my magazine. Yeah, you don't want to read my magazine, so let's not do that. You know, know, I got a Bible. You can read my Bible, because you know what? You're probably kind of you probably figured it out, but you can read the Bible. I'm going to go to work, and then when I get home, I, we'll spend time. We'll, we'll spend time when I get home. And so then you go to work. You're doing your work. You're at work. You're going, guess what? Jesus is at my house right now. He's at home. He's at my house. Yeah, no, I didn't bring him to work today because, you know, I, I keep him at my house. I don't bring him to work. <laughs> but anyway, so he's at my house, and when I get home today, I'm going to get to go talk to him face to face. Where I'm going to tell him all my problems. He's going to give me all the answers. <sighs> what a great deal. And, then, uh, and then, then work gets over, and then before you go home from work, oh, I gotta, I, I'm going to run over here. I'm going to pick up some dinner so we can go home and talk to Jesus. What does Jesus want to be? Well, he doesn't want to go to my normal place that I go to on Tuesday night, so I won't go there tonight, but... 
I'll pick him up some bread and some, 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 some juice, some bread and juice. And, you know, I don't do the wine you know, on Tuesdays. But I'll, I'll take him bread and water, and I'll take it back home. We'll sit down, and we'll sit down. We'll, and, 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 and Jesus, I'm home. I'm, I brought you some fish. Got some fish, and I got some, some, some wine, some, some juice. It's juice, really juice. You can turn it into wine, though, if you'd like. But, but I've got fish, and I've got juice, and we're going to sit and converse. But you know what? I t- it was just a really long day today, and I just, I just wish I'd have known you were coming because I would have made more time for you. But, but you know what? I know it's already late, and I really need to go do some things to get ready for my day tomorrow. And so do you understand where this conversation's going? How many times, thank you, baby, how many times do we just really want God, but then, oh, I, it's not really convenient for right now. We can't be satisfied just to work him into our schedule. We have to build our schedule around time with him. So if you've got a busy day, get up even earlier and spend time with him. Prepare for your day. When you think about it, it's just plain smart. He has all the answers. We're going about our day trying to figure it out, but he's got all the answers. Here's another one. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22 says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Let us draw near. A faith to know that God has everything under control. John 16, 33 says, Jesus is talking. He says, in this world, we will have tribulation. Well, that answers our question on our position. Are we post, mid, or trib? Or are, we, are we pre, mid, or post? We're now tribulation. <laughs> Tribulations, we deal with now. Persecutions, we deal with now. But Jesus said, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. So as long as you're hooked up with him, as long as God is in the center No matter what comes your way, persecutions, tribulations, problems, you woke up and you're like, I really wish I'd have gone, I really wish I wouldn't have woke up today because this day is just totally turned around. Jesus is with you. We had a situation at our work. um, I work on a mobile unit truck and we go uh, give free pregnancy tests and free ultrasounds all around Northwest Arkansas. And on Fridays, we're in a very strategic location this is our unit right behind me. She's called Alexandra. You, some of you have seen her. Some of you have toured her. But we park on Fridays at a very strategic location that we were cl- as close as we could get to our opposition um, of, a, of, of, of a health care facility, which has nothing to do, they're, they're not caring for health at all. We are. We are showing life. And, and, and anyway, so... One call, we, we were parked at a, at a gas station, and one caller called the petroleum company, not the owner of the gas station, called the petroleum company at large and said, I can't believe you're, you're supporting life and all this and everything. And that, that, just a little side note, that shows you the power of one. You can be the power of one. Make the phone call. Make the phone call for the righteous, for the, for, the, for, the, for the right thing. So anyway, so we were, we were bumped off of our location. Sorry, you can't be here anymore. The people that we worked with face-to-face day-to-day, they were great, but they were like, I'm so sorry, it's out of my hands, I can't do anything about it. So we were off of our location for two days, or two weeks, persecution came to us, you know. 
We were in tribulation. What are we going to do? Well, we were at one location. So we, we, we went to another location on that Friday. But then the next Friday, the, 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 the county opened up a parking lot for us to park at. So we parked there. It was great. High visibility. But it just wasn't where we really wanted to be. We wanted to be right in the thick of it, right in the heat of it. Well, then our director, Dana, who, who goes here, um, some of you know her, she, God had given her a word. He said, be still and know that I am God. Amen. The phone rang that week. The owner of the property of the opposition, he said, park on my parking lot. So we are on the parking lot currently of, I'll just say, of Planned Parenthood. And so we are in that area. Now, here's the deal. We thought we were as good as it could get across the street. But through persecution, through tribulation, God positioned us where he wanted us to be. Had not we gone through tribulation, we'd have been just happy to still be where we were. But because that came into our life, it pushed us to trust God and let God move on our behalf. So is God for us? Yeah, yeah, he certainly is. You bet your boots he is. He is for us. But if we're not connected to him, we begin to wither. It's just like connected to the vine. My dog took a piece of vine off of my mother-in-law's plant, and it was like just a few leaves. It was laying down, and we were like, Oliver, why did you do that? Well, as long as it was laying down next to the plant, it wasn't connected, and it was dying. The few leaves were dying. Well, I took those few leaves and stuck them in some water, and thank God they rerooted. But my point is, don't be disconnected from the vine. Don't think that you can make it on your own because you're going to begin to wither. What does wither mean? Wither means to shrivel, to lose, or to cause, to lose energy. And we can't produce anything beyond the natural if we're not connected to the supernatural. And that's what Pastor Phil's been talking about the last few, few weeks. Being superhuman, being supernatural, allowing God to put his super on our natural. Well, we've been talking today about getting to know him, knowing God. Many people begin to know God. They're, they're, they're rocking and rolling. They're feeling really good. They come to church on Sunday. They sing the songs, and they're like, yeah, I feel God. His presence is so strong. There's nothing God can't do. And that's exactly right. It's exactly right. But you're in the moment, you're crying, you're like, God, thank you that I'm no longer a slave to fear. Amen. Praise God. Let's go do it. Monday morning, um, here's the bill, and if you don't pay it by this day, you're out of here. <gasps> oh, you don't know what, I don't know. God, what are, we gonna, what are you going to do, God? Well, you never know what God's going to do. That's what you hear a lot of times, right? You just never know what God's going to do. Well, I'm here to help you break that cycle today of, yeah, rah, 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 God can do anything, to, oh, I don't know what I'm going to Don't get in that cycle. Know who God is. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever, tomorrow. He's the same God on Monday as he is on Sunday and Tuesday and Wednesday. If you stay connected, if you leave God here and you go out and try to do life on your own, you're going to start to shrivel up. You're going to start to wither out. Don't do that. We've got to do the exact same thing that I'm standing up here telling you. So many people want to be that slim, sleek, 
physique, but they don't want to do what it takes to get that slim, sleek physique. Well, so many times people want to be people of faith. I can do this, but they don't want to open up the word. They don't want to spend time with God. They don't want to talk to God. They want somebody else to do it for them. It doesn't work that way. I love you that much to just, just be blunt honest with you. It doesn't work that way. You have to have a living connection with God. So how are we going to break that cycle? Well, in just a moment, we're going to take communion. We're going to take communion over your thought process of, I know who God is. I can continue to grow in Him. I know God is bigger than my circumstance. He's bigger than my problem. He's the answer to my problem. He's the answer to my life. So that when the enemy comes to you, because little alert, he's going to come to you. And he's going to say, did, that, did you really mean that? Did she really mean what she was talking about? The enemy has come to steal the seed that has been planted in your heart today. Don't let him. Rise up and be, be that person God has called you to be. Thanks so much for listening. If you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Vision Church, vision for life.